Welcome back to the History of Rock. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. We just wrapped up uh, the previous episode, although right before we were recording this, Shim and I were talking about Limp Bizkit performing in uh, 2022 and 2021. We're going to do this whole episode as we wrap up Lollapalooza NPR style. How does that sound? Does NPR even mean anything? If I say NPR, does that mean anything to you? Nope. Okay, don't yeah, know what being Australian, means. I figured it would. It's, it's, so here in the States, it's National Public Radio. Yeah. So no, it's just... I, it's, it, it's I, just I, I hear My Chemical Romance. That's what I hear. Oh. No, not even close. So no, my, my, NPR is like liberal news, essentially, is what it is. Right. So, anyway, so we're no, talking about Lollapalooza. And no, honest to God, we were just talking like uh, Limp Biscuit and watching some footage yeah. of Limp Biscuit. Yeah! I'm telling man, dude, Shim does just a fantastic... Friendship. Get the fuck up! Yeah! <laughs> To get your groove on. Groove on. All right. So we're going to talk in Lollapalooza here. We're going to jump back into this thing because we still got a lot of things to cover. We left off yeah. in 1994. We're getting to 1995. And we're actually going to start because uh, the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this episode talking about that uh, Simpsons episode, Homer Palooza. But before we do that, make sure if you guys are here on YouTube, you can either be on Shim's channel or my channel. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you're clicking like down below, please. Please, please, please. We would very much appreciate that because that helps us with the algorithm and then more people will get uh, the podcast kind of tossed in their face there on YouTube. If you're here on Spotify, Apple, or Google, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we lost Chim. Where did he go? What's happening? Uh, here? I'm here. Oh, just he's going. just walking. Your computer's making noises there, homie. Yeah, I know. Um, I just realized I got to do a couple things. I got to close Jesus the door Christ. properly. Oh yeah, we started course. like I was like, "You ready to go?" He's like, "No, but we might as well." So it might be a little yeah, rough here in the beginning because it's all good. It's fine. It's quite done. It, it, it would have gone on without incident if it wasn't for that fucking ping. And if you had just kept rolling, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> nice. That's nice. So yeah. So please make sure that you guys are liking, subscribing. You can uh, Shim, Shims. YouTube channel is at Shim Moore. You can find or uh, at Shimon Moore, I believe, is what it is on YouTube. And then you can find me at the Real Brandalorian uh, over on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, so make sure you guys are clicking like down below. If you're here on App, uh, Spotify, Apple, or Google, go to our YouTube channels and like it, please. And then if you're just doing stuff and you don't even need to be in front of your computer, just let the episode run in the background. Give us the view. It'd be great. It'd be great. Oh, also, really quick. Waited- before, yeah, uh, um, so you're you're gonna pick it up where uh, by 1995, Farrell had started because that's where we're picking it up. But I do yeah. gotta remind you, we got the Brandalorian stickers, we have the History of Rock stickers, and then we also have the oops, that's the same sticker that I just grabbed, the cross-eyed bear, the cross-eyed bear, cross-eyed bear. Uh, and those are available vivalamoca.com on t-shirts as well. T-shirts as well. I'm hoping by the time one. this episode drops, they're up because we're we're planning way ahead. Um, like we recorded this episode long time ago. When you're finally tuning into this episode, we recorded it ages ago, ages ago. But anyway, go ahead. So, Jim, kick yeah. us off on Lollapalooza. By 1995, Farrell, Farrell, Farrell had started to focus his attentions on a Lollapalooza after party, the the Enit. The Enid Festival, which was a touring electronic music festival. It was short-lived, though, as it was poorly structured and with a combination of high production costs and lack of fan base, they called it quits in 1996. Oh, yeah, you only stuck stick around. to your lane. Stuck, stuck around for a couple lane. of years there. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1996, Lollapalooza had Metallica as their mm. headliner. And this, so as we had mentioned previously with the first year, that was kind of like the, obviously the quintessential Lollapalooza because it was before Alternative was mainstream and they weren't selling millions of records and all the stuff that we'd already talked about. But 96, this seems to be the year that was kind of like the tipping point in regards to Lollapalooza because they ended up reaching out to Metallica. Uh, they were the headliner for that year and this caused a massive issue with a lot of people, including the fans, who saw this as a break from the original plans of the non-mainstream artists, man. Uh, unfortunately, when you have a festival like this, you have to have some mainstream artists because you have to be able to fund it. You have to be yeah, able to draw tickets. the same amount of people. Uh, so the crowds attracted by Metallica... Now, this is this is so goddamn funny. Because <laughs> the crowds attracted by Metallica were described as being singularly focused on the headliner without respect for the other performing artists. No way. Metallica and- fans... Get out of town. And for anyone that tuned into the Rockstar 101 episode where we were talking about my experience with Metallica, getting to go backstage with Jim Brewer and he hooked everything up. That was a reason that Jim Brewer 
was the opener for Metallica because it, it was to the point where no matter who they threw out there, I mean, they were talking like Volbeat or just, you know, some pretty, like, really good rock bands. Yeah. The Metallica fans don't give a shit. They want Metallica, and that's all Mm. they fucking want. But isn't that a great place to be? Like, imagine, it's really funny if you're like, look, hey, guys, we're Metallica. Thank you so much for the love. We're going to put on two other bands that basically sound like diet versions of us because they've been listening to us. Nah, nah, just cut it. Just cut them. Stop wasting our fucking time. No, we didn't pay for diet. We paid for classic. Classic Coke, classic Metallica. You You need no... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You need to really lean into the Australian accent when you do that. Like, you really got to be like, hey, fuck it, mate. Yeah, fuck it. We don't want some band that's reasonably good. We want Metallica. I fucking we love didn't pay you, for this shit. I fucking love when you do the reasonably good thing. It's still one of my favorite <laughs> clips of when we were gaming where I was like, well, what would, well we were saying, uh, I can't, what did you comment on? I don't like, remember. How would you say this? And Shim goes, I would say that was reasonably good. Yeah. That's it. It's fucking well-timed. All right, go to the next yeah. one here. Uh, where are we going here tonight? Oh, back to that. The festival. Ah, here we go. The festival Lollapalooza responded to the issues of booking Metallo by booking a variety of acts like country star Waylon Jennings in 1996 and then emphasize electronica groups in 97 with The Orb and The Prodigy. Interesting. So instead of dealing with the issue, they made it worse. It uh, kind of sounds like it a little bit. And then yeah, obviously that we'll get like- to that. And we'll get to that here in a bit, like not even in a bit, in just a few lines here, because yeah. uh, 97 was really the last year that, that Lollapalooza, as we knew it, really occurred. And this is, again, like I've mentioned so many times in these episodes about Lollapalooza, it really reflected everything that was going on kind of in the 90s, obviously music-based as well, because it starts with grunge. Grunge really kind of died off with Kurt Cobain. I hate saying, you know, died off, but... Um, like it went away when, when he passed away. And then I remember like, uh, like EDM and electronica started to kind of be bigger towards the late nineties. I remember early two thousands, yeah. it was even bigger, like raves were the big thing. I remember seeing yeah. MTV episodes or like they would do these like specials on raves and, uh, ecstasy, the drug. Yeah, and, ecstasy. And, came, was that, that was the uh, and they ecstasy would, renaissance. Yeah, and they would always do these like these specials on you know this is what you need to be looking for and here are the dangers and this and this and I remember seeing that stuff in like ninety six ninety seven and then I remember like six years later two thousand two and my friends were telling me yeah hey, we're gonna go to a rape I was like those still fucking exist like I had yeah. no idea. That that had yeah. that lasting power. And then even fast forward, like another 10 years, raves still happen. Because if you give people yeah. drugs, they're going to love it. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. That's just raves, the way that it goes. Raves will be around for as long as ecstasy's around. And hip-hop will be around for as long as weed's around. They're not going away. <laughs> and rock will be around for as long as they keep making whiskey and beer. Yeah. No, and I'll, country mm-hmm. will never fucking die as much as we want it to. Well, I mean, I think country's always going to be around because as long as somebody's dog dies and their truck broke down and their wife left them, so they got to be some to guy with a six right? string singing about the blue. Goddamn right. All right. So interestingly God enough, right. and this is why I found it odd because they had chosen Metallica to headline in 96. Hmm. I'm assuming this timeline here that Sharon Osbourne reached out to Lollapalooza about performing uh, in 95 because... That created Ozfest. She was att- essentially told by Lollapalooza, "He's not really what we're looking for when it comes yeah. to Lollapalooza. That's not the kind of acts that we want." So in '96, they started Ozfest, and that's why I found mm. this weird because Metallica headlined in '96. So I'm assuming Sharon had to have spoken to them in '95 because they'd already planned Ozfest for '96. That was the first year that they did it, and it didn't right. start out as a tour either. So it was the the role reversal. With Lollapalooza, where Lollapalooza started as a tour, went to a weekend thing. Ozfest was the opposite, and it was just a couple of dates: October twenty fifth and twenty sixth. One was in Phoenix, yeah, yeah. the other was in Devore, California. And yes, don't worry, we're going to probably do three episodes on Ozfest because Ozfest was fucking amazing, man. Loved yeah. Ozfest, loved Ozfest. Yeah. By nineteen ninety eight, the tour couldn't find a suitable headliner, and the cancellation was announced. Spin Magazine wrote about the festival's troubles that year. Lollapalooza is as comatose as alternative rock right now. Ooh. Well, the tide rises Sick and sinks on ships. Yeah. yeah. 
And it was interesting because as I was doing the research for this and watching a lot of videos, it talked about how Lollapalooza early on, it was bands that not a lot. I mean, I mean, shit, look at the the side stage that we were talking about, where you had Rage Against the Machine and Tool, and they were, and they ended up getting so many people coming to them that they had to put them over on the main stage. They began they became yeah. the openers on the main stage, and yeah. it, you know, it, looking back, um, it seems like they had the advantage of being able to book some of those acts for not a lot of money. Yeah. But then, and but that's the way that it works. When it was alternative, was still I don't want to say young, but alternative going mainstream well, was young. Like that. when it was the alternative to mainstream. Well, like music. So I'm thinking like of that the timeline of when it became mainstream. It's at the very beginning of that timeline mm. of that that part yeah. of it. Um, yeah. And so they were able to book a lot of different acts for a lot cheaper. But once they really start to make it bigger, I mean, although we did find out that they offered up 10 mil. To Nirvana to headline in '94, which obviously didn't happen. I can imagine Metallica had to have been paid a massive amount of money. There's no way Metallica does Lollapalooza for anything less than 10 million. Don't you think? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I would be certain. Like Metallica, I, I realized recently Metallica is one of the bands that can never not headline. Like Kiss can never not. Rolling Stones, Kiss, Metallica, like there's there's some bands that like. They can never open for anyone else ever again. And Metallica's at the point now where they cannot even have anyone open for them. Yeah. Like, that's, like, like that, those are the pinnacles. It's to the point where yeah. you can never open for anybody else. And then there's this rare tier up here where it's like, you can't even have anybody open for you because only, yeah, everybody yeah, only gives like, a fuck about you. Yeah. I mean, I remember hearing stories about people would, people would start, people would, bands would go on tour with Kiss and the Rolling Stones literally the catchphrase was why did you take that tour everyone knows that kiss and the rolling stones don't pay you they literally don't pay you because they know full well we don't fucking need you but they just have an opener because it's a rock and roll show so go so you're going out for no money and they tell you you can have half an hour and you're only allowed to use this tiny part of the stage they say the rest is for mick jagger or the rest is for kiss so they've got this human so you look like an ant on this stage and you're a joke. Even if you're a great band, you're a joke. And everyone says the same thing. Well, you got to get the laminate, right? Uh, got to be able, got to be able to say you open for the Rolling Stones. I'm like, you do it all for a piece. Of, I'll make you one. I'll print you one. Save <laughs> well, yourself, shit. dude. That's some merchandise we need to work on. We should do History of Rock podcast laminates. Laminates. That's a good idea, actually. I like that. All right. Somebody remind um, me of that because I, I frequently say things on this podcast that I forget. Like, I think I, right. I was looking at my note sheet here and I, I just randomly wrote tit implant from when we were recording <laughs> Jane's Addiction. And I think that was when we were talking about Mia Khalifa, the porn star, where she took a hockey puck and it actually popped her tit implant. Jesus. OK, I think again, I never looked it up because I never I never looked right. back at my note sheet. So after right. a six year hiatus. So again, like Shim just said, 98, they canceled the tour. Farrell put together a new Lollapalooza, included 30 cities from July to August of 03, and it received marginal success with many of the fans staying away, and most people thought it was because of the high ticket prices. Again, this was the tour where my good friend Brett Shank was able to go backstage, supposed to interview Perry Farrell, and Perry Farrell said, who is that from radio? Fuck them. We oh. don't need them. And he stormed off. Little well, did I know. He, he was, did. Turns uh, out you did. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, no shit. I just assumed he's pissed off because the low ticket sales that might. So the main yeah. acts that year, you had Jane's Addiction, Audio Slave. Now, here, listen to some of these. This isn't a so terrible great. lineup. Jane's yeah. Addiction, Audio Slave, Incubus, Queens of the Stone Age, Outcast, and A Perfect Circle. I remember mm. I wanted this, like, A Perfect Circle was the one band that I desperately wanted to see, and I wasn't able to make it. Uh, obviously, Audio uh, Slave, too, because I'd never seen Chris Cornell live. But I would have rather yeah. have seen... Uh, Chris Cornell with Soundgarden um, over Audio Slave, which is really weird because, you know, I'm getting the best of Soundgarden and, well, not the best, but you're getting Soundgarden and Rage Against yeah. the Machine up there with Audio yeah. Slave. The side stage that year, Steve O from Jackass, who, by the way, kind of a dick. Doing what? Uh, what did he do? I, I think he, like, because he used to be a, like a clown, like a, like a carnival circus uh, guy. Right. Like so juggling he didn't have a band. and shit like that. And so, no, do... I think he was just a performer. Um, like okay. the freak show, like that they had um, with um, yeah. shit. I'm forgetting the goddamn name, but like the freak show that they had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was oh, Jim Kings Rose. of Leon and, and Thirty Seconds to Mars. 
30, that would have been early on for 30 seconds. Yeah, So because this was 03. Very. And this would have been yeah. when Steve-O, Jackass was already big at that point. So he might have been some kind of a drunk. But again, kind of a dick. Mm. Mm. So for 2004, there was a Lollapalooza scheduled to tour with it consisting of two days in each city. Wow, mm. so they really decided to double down. Um, they had booked Morrissey. Mexicans love Morrissey, by the way. Oh, they do. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, they do. Go like Continue on, though, but they fucking do, man. Why don't you put that in? Well, I guess you should say that one. You're the one with the Mexican wife. That doesn't. Because it's even that, funnier it sounds- when you read it. <laughs> uh, Sonic Youth, PJ Harvey, the Pixies, the Pixies and the Flaming... That sounds like noise. Sonic Youth, PJ Harvey, the Pixies and the Flaming Lips. That just sounds like noise like three hours of fucking no anyway you don't like it never people. happened though thank god as it was canceled due to weak ticket sales yeah no one wants to pay that much to see morrissey and a bunch of fucking noise i'm telling you man cholos fucking love morrissey i think they referenced it in ant-man i believe i i, I might oh, get that okay. wrong so let me know in the comments below especially if you're here on youtube if you're over on spotify apple or google come over to youtube comment below because I found that out when I when I first moved here to El Paso. I heard about it kind of on the radio station, and we would have people call up, and they're like, yeah, Cholos fucking love Morrissey. Like, love him, and it's fucking amazing. Awesome. Like, it's so it's, awesome. it's just, it's great. Uh, so by 2005, so, what's up? I was going to say, by 2005, he's still going. Go ahead. Yeah, well, Farrell, he had uh, he'd partnered with some new companies to kind of resurrect Lollapalooza <laughs> as a two-day destination festival, festival in Chicago's Grant Park. So the first iteration of this happened. So like we talked about, it went from being a touring uh, festival to kind of like a a destination festival, which ended up being Chicago's Grant Park. They had 60 acts on five stages, and it brought in over 65,000 attendees, despite the fact that the Sunday of the festival, it was 104 fucking degrees. Oh, my God. Well, that's a good turnout then, at least. Which is about, as we're recording this episode, about how hot it's been here in El Paso. Like we're pushing, we're triple digits, baby. Bloody hell. Since then, they have not only had the fest they have not only had the festival in Chicago, but also international versions from Brazil to Germany. I did not know that. The COVID-19 pandemic ended up canceling the 2020 shows. They ended up doing a live streamed version of the show. So Lollapalooza's gone international. Yeah, they had um, I wanna say the first years that it really went international. Um, it might have been twenty eleven where they did one in Chile. And then 2020, when it got canceled, it was supposed to have Stockholm, Paris, Berlin, Brazil, and Argentina. All of those got canceled in 2020. Here in 2022, you have the one that takes place in Chicago, plus they have Argentina, Chile, and Brazil as well. That's 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 a bad run. So they, they kept trying to resurrect it for 20 years, and they had one good show, basically. Well, no, no, it's been going on since 2005. Oh, yeah, there wasn't a break okay, there. Yeah, cool. no, 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 no. They're, from 2005, it's, it's going on consist- every year now. Yeah, it's been consistently right, right, going right. as kind of the weekend destination thing. And they get some major acts. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's, it's continued to go on this year, speaking of 2022. It's going on July 28th and uh, through 20. Uh, Jesus Christ. 28th through 31st. So Thursday, going to be headlined by Metallica. No way. <laughs> going back to 96. I, I swear to God, I was looking at. Who is performing? I don't fucking know any of these acts, dude. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what genre they are. Nothing. Uh, Friday, it's Dua Lipa and Machine Gun Kelly. Yep. Saturday is J. Cole. I assume that, that was like... Cash. I thought that was Pants. Isn't that J. Cole Pants? Or is that a... Like a I like don't a know that one, obviously. Green Day, but Doja Cat. Doja Cat as well. That's good. Yeah, so, okay. and then That's Sunday this year, it's, it's Green Day, Doja Cat, and uh, James Addiction are your headlines. They're bringing in the kids, mate. They're bringing in the kids. Got to stay the young and the youthful. Fuck. The Fuck. young and the youthful. See, that? now look, really yeah, quick sidebar here. So that's something that we're kind of struggling with right now in regards to original gamer life of what games do we play? Because... We obviously want to target a younger demo while also keeping the people who are like old farts like me. I mean, look at the white in my beard there, for the love of God. Mm-hmm. That's not all age, by the way. Some of that has to do with being married. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. At least that's what I told at least that's what I told my wife. Um, but that like and that's like when I'm looking at these uh, 
at these acts, I was like, I don't have a fucking. There's probably some phenomenal acts in there. I would guarantee some of that stuff I would like. I've just doesn't never your fucking kid heard listen? Doesn't your kid listen to any of this she stuff? She listens to a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, and I'm so yeah. grateful for that. Uh, but my kid, actually, a lot of the stuff that she listens to, it's all musicals. Uh, we went. Oh, that's and, awesome. We went and saw the show Waitress so a few weeks ago, and yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Hamilton, um, stuff like that. Which, by the way, yeah. Waitress not acceptable for kids. <laughs> Found that out before you bring your kid in. Well, no, there's so I guess with like Jersey Boys, at least it says when you purchase your tickets, not recommended for kids under 14 years right. old. I get my wife right. said it didn't do this for Waitress. So there's a scene. Where it, it's there's one main waitress that it follows, and then her two friends, and the way that they right. set the scene up is that on stage they have all three of them like in their own homes or in this own, their own area, like they're not together, they're in separate locations, yeah, yeah. but they're all on stage together and they're simulating yeah. sex with their significant other, like, like bouncing in their lap and stuff. And okay. yeah, my kid was mortified, mortified. So my wife's like covering up her eyes and stuff. Oh jeez, yeah. Don't take your kids to see yeah. it. It's a great show. If you're an adult, I fucking loved it. I thought it was yeah. a great show. Take, take him to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, God. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but the truth is, uh, do do a Leaper. I always say do a Leaper. Do a Leaper is good. Machine Gun Kelly and um, do a uh, people hate on Machine Gun Kelly for, you know, whatever. But he's bringing back pop punk with songs. Yeah. And um, Youngblood is doing great songs, dude. If you, have, if you haven't listened to Youngblood, like, finally, someone bringing back songs with some fucking rock and guitars and stuff. It's awesome. So there's a lot of, there's finally some good stuff coming up. It's just that it's not, it's outside the active rock system. It's sort of like indie. It's weird. It's like, it's the way that things have forked into different parts of the music industry and like, you know, Youngblood's not necessarily on the radio all the time, but he's massive on social media mm-hmm. and he's got fucking hundreds of millions of streams on Spotify and YouTube. And he's great. Like well, he's like a is, Bowie. Yeah. And this is kind of the transition I think that we've been seeing with social media and with the internet where we've kind of been able to see the genres of rock and roll as we saw like the rise and fall of grunge that we've been talking about on the podcast, we're eventually going to get to the rise and fall of new metal because, you know, really you go back to corn. I think 94 would be kind of the beginning of new metal. And that carried through yeah. until the early two thousands. And then after that, there was a lot of bands and, and, and this is coming from a guy who worked in active rock radio because in the, like 05 to 2015, it was a lot of the bands that got lumped in with new metal, but weren't quite new metal, like Godsmack, um, yeah. Disturbed, bands like that that continued on. They were the one. I look at this from a different point of view, I think, than a lot of other people, unless you were in active rock radio, because the way that I would look at it is. What are the bands that are supporting our station, essentially? Who is still creating new music that we know are going to be hits? There was always those kind of one-offs that you would hear, but then you'd probably never hear from them again. The ones that were always consistent, you always have Disturbed out there, Godsmack, who I can't wait to talk about them because the way that they transformed and continued sounding like Godsmack, but not sounding like Godsmack. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. And then you look at a band like Papa Roach. It's just a hit fucking machine, man. Like, they yeah. just keep cranking that stuff out. And so yeah. I, my perspective is different because now that you're talking about somebody like Young Blood who doesn't get necessarily, like, a rock radio airplay, it doesn't mean he's not rock. It doesn't mean the stuff that he's doing isn't good. It's just mm. I think that you're starting to see that generational gap of older fans aren't going to know what the fuck you're talking about where the younger mm. fans are going to know everything that you're talking about and i'll let myself in with the older ones like when i'm looking at this this lineup for lollapalooza Lollapalooza 2022 i'm like i don't fucking know these guys but then that tells me go check them out go go pay attention but it's so fucking many oh it's so many acts so there's so many bands like like, i don't have time to sit through 60 fucking bands well that's a lot listen to them while you're streaming yeah well see that's what i normally do when i'm when i'm prepping um when i'm prepping the podcast I tend to listen to whatever band we're talking about. So Jane's Addiction, I was right. listening to Jane's Addiction, Green River, uh, Mud Honey, whatever it is. When it came to Lollapalooza, one of the first bands that I put on on a heavy rotation was uh, Susie and the Banshees. 
that headliner right. for the very first one. I had never even heard of Susie. I mean, I may have, but it fell out of my brain at some point in my life. Right, right. And it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it wasn't so bad. It also got me back into listening to some of the Butthole Surfers. Gotta love the Butthole Surfers. Pepper, great song. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah. playing that one. Yeah. So anyway, so that was just kind of a long ramble there about music and the state of music and all this other stuff and the fact that I'm old. Again, check out the white and the beard. But yeah, but that's your marriage. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, so on this date, this is where uh, I've been looking forward to this part. So we've been talking about this for a couple of episodes now, and it has to do with Homer Palooza, which is right. the Simpsons episode where uh, in the episode Homer, I, I believe it's the, the school bus crashes and so it's out of commission so homer has to take the kids to school he picks up other kids like millhouse along the way which by the way millhouse might be the most underrated simpsons character of all time that might be a discussion we have to have at some point um and this is when homer at god i didn't even i didn't even space this is when homer realizes that classic rock is no longer cool as i'm talking about being on the older side of the spectrum here so to impress his kids he ends up getting tickets to hullabalooza he buys a Rastafarian hat. He's quickly mocked by the Gen Xers out there where like, he thinks he's cool. And they're like, hey, Nark. Hey, Nark. Um, he kicks a cannon in frustration and ends up shooting one of Peter Frampton's inflatable pigs into his stomach. This lands him a job that. on the Freak Show where he goes on tour taking cannonballs to the stomach. <sighs> now, this is this. where I mentioned put a pin in that one comment from Perry Farrell in the previous episode where he was talking yeah. about alternative being people who are all about peace and science and other stuff. And I mentioned mm. peace specifically. Yeah. So for the research for this episode, Brent Forrester was the writer. He went to an actual Lollapalooza hoping that it would be fun. It was not for him. <laughs> he said a lot of the things that happened in the episode were from his bad experience at the festival, including having a stranger walk up to him and say, how's it going, narc? Fucking awesome. Hence the kids when you know when Homer buys a Rastafarian hat. Now, yeah. question for you. When I say yeah. narc to an Australian, yeah. what does it mean? Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. I had to learn once I was in America what the fuck that means. Narc doesn't mean anything. We we basically would watch the episode and just go, Oh, it's someone who's not cool. Okay. I guess because they called him a narc and he's the cool guy saying it. So no So, but so since never- you've been to the United States, what does narc mean to you? The narcotics officer, right? That's basically what, a cop, that, a yeah. guy who's there to spoil all the fun and crack down on all the drugs and kill the party. Exactly. In Mexican culture, yeah. it's the exact opposite. It's the bad guy. It's the narcos. The narc. Oh yeah. Okay. I, Copy that. I learned this from my wife. She was telling me some story about how, uh, you know, she had had been out with some friends and they ended up over at this person's house. And it was like a really nice house, but it was kind of not in the middle of nowhere, but there wasn't a lot of neighbors around. Like, you know, it's the outskirts of El Paso, Texas. So it's a big like a big plot of land. And she was and and she was the way she recounted the story to me was that she was concerned that he was a narc and there was going to be some illegal shit going down. And I was like, well, wait, if he was a narc. Then that would be What's good because he's he's yeah. the guy he's the cop he's the officer and she's like no what are you talking about the narc is the bad guy how long have you been married how does this how does this keep happening to you should well, no, you this know was, all of this, this was, by now? no this was yeah this was like when we first started dating she was telling me about this story that, that me that's me telling you it's in the past it was it was a long time ago like this was I think this was one of the first conversations we had come to think of it right. that was a beautiful face right there by the way. Yeah. Love that. So for anybody who's I not watching it, video, you got to yeah. check that out with Shim. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that was that's another thing where I learned that you know the way that I grew up uh, in Mexican culture completely different. Narc narcos. Yeah, two completely different. Who things. would have thought that Mexican culture was, was different, different to American culture in any way? And silly me so for thinking they this. should be the same. Right. <laughs> All right. It makes so- sense since they did it. They did the whole show called Narco. Narco. Narcos. 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 Narcos right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that and that's how I you know I was like oh yeah so that's why the episode's called that. oh this is where I heard about half of these bands as well because I was into the Simpsons way before I was into music keep going Do, okay so during Homer's uh, confrontation with the crowd at Hullabalooza there's a brief shot of No Doubt standing behind him the band No Doubt so Eric Stefani that's Gwen Stefani's brother he was not only in the band he was also working as an animator for the Simpsons at the time he added them so into the great. scene. Really? Apparently, yeah. So they weren't actually, it wasn't written. 
I don't think so. Wow. From what I saw That's was that so great was that he he was like, you know what? We've got this little brief scene behind. Let's add him in and or add us in. And so he did. And so he just he didn't ask anyone. He just was like, it's not in the script. He just was like, I'm going to put again, him in. I'm not no one would have said anything. I mean, it's literally you're at Lollapalooza. Yeah. No doubt's one of the biggest bands in the world. You, yeah, I 96. didn't realize that he was one of the one of the animators. So wait a minute, you're telling me that Eric Stefani, Gwen Stefani's brother, was not only in the band, he was also working as an animator in The Simpsons. That's what I read. And he drew he himself in no the band. He drew no doubt into the scene at yeah. the Lollapalooza episode of The Simpsons back in the day. Yeah. And no one said anything. I'm assuming they were just like, yeah, whatever. Like, because 96, no, like, no doubt would have already been huge by 96. Yeah. No one's going to. The thing is, you, you'd actually consider it a selling point. You'd be like, we're going to clip that bit and put it as the ads for this week's episode of The Simpsons. And that. So all is- the No Doubt fans can go, yeah. But, but Gwen Stefani didn't actually say anything. She wasn't in the episode. They just. They, they drew were just her in, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine being Gwen Stefani or any of the band members and being like, oh my God, we're in the Simpsons. No one asked, but that's awesome. Like, imagine just popping up in The Simpsons one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Being like, holy shit, I'm in The, Sim- in the Simpsons. Yeah. It's it amazing. It says here that he studied animation at the California Institute of Arts in 1991. I guess right. is, was no doubt way later than I'm remembering. Were they late 90s? For some reason, I thought they were yeah, like they were, 94, 95. Nah, they were they were a little later. They were the same time as they were they were after Bush. I think they were after Bush because they opened for Bush. Well, she was after for Bush a while. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Come one. On, I gotta nail it. Yay! Um, gosh, yeah. What were those years? Where's the goddamn? Oh yeah, no, Tragic Kingdom. I guess came out ninety five, and that was kind of the first. That was a real first big. Big yeah, album. That was the record. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go back to the Simpsons episode here. Homer Palooza. So the writers, they wanted to have a general, several genres of music represented in the episode. So, of course, they had Sonic Youth and the Smashing Pumpkins. That's the alternative aspect. Cypress Hill, which was the rap aspect. And then Peter Frampton, which is classic rock. As I was doing this, I'm like, so wait a minute. So is that contradictory? Because early on in the episode, Homer finds out that classic rock isn't cool, but Peter Frampton is. is on Lollapalooza. Yeah, it's very contradictory. And so is Bob Dylan, who was originally sought after to do the episode. Not sure why they went with Frampton, but Pearl Jam was also approached to be in the episode. But oh my God, no way. They declined to be part of a commercial endeavor. (laughs) Because they're so so cool. You hear that, jammies? That's for you, jammies. (laughs) Because Pearl Jam's above The Simpsons. I'm pretty sure they've probably been on The Simpsons since then. Wait, hold keep on. going. Keep well, going. Hold on. So, so let me go back really quick because the Cypress yeah. Hill thing, I've got a very fond memory of that. And it's the one scene where the, the stage manager comes back and he's like, I've got the London Symphony Orchestra here. Did anybody hire the London Symphony Orchestra? <laughs> Possibly well, hi, Cypress Hill. I'm looking at you. I'm looking in your direction. And they were yeah. like, can you, can you play Insane in the Brain? And they're like, we mostly play classical. And then they actually start yeah. playing the to Insane in the Brain. And I remember we the first morning show that I interned with, um, we used that as a bumper. And we were in stitches every time because it's so fucking funny. The way that it's written yeah. up, Cypress Hill, possibly while high, I'm looking at you. <laughs> so anyway, go take the, take the Courtney Love thing. Uh, Courtney Love and Hull were also wanted for the episode, but they declined. In the DVD commentary, an unnamed group said that if Courtney Love was in the episode they would not be what say that you wrote that say that you, you go and read that. so basically read that um there's an unnamed band one of the bands that was in it and they were they said if courtney loves in the episode we're not going to be in it oh i wonder who that could have been smashing pumpkins no couldn't have been an entertainment <laughs> an entertainment weekly article later named sonic youth is that group really sonic youth okay well, that's according because the they were in it that's right article. They were in. I remember that now, dude. All of this stuff is coming back to me now. The the the, because that's I watched. I was the kid that watched so much Simpsons that I knew every line of dialogue for the first five or six seasons. Yeah, I I spent years, years watching. um, We would tape it, and we would we would tape it, and then push pause on the VCR when the ads would come up, and then and then we would know that the ad for 
a show that was coming up afterwards. That's when you start recording ad. again. So that's, that's a, when you start recording. Like a bumper. Yes, it's yeah. So we would have we would we would try to, and we would we made fifteen tapes of all of the seasons, and all I did was just come home from school, not do any fucking homework, and watch The, the Simpsons, Simpsons and eat food for at least two or three years when I was in school. Yes, and I knew every line. Every we line. Had, we had uh, the luxury of syndication here. So right. by that time, it was you came home from school, and generally the shows that were on right after school, they were obviously targeted towards your age demographic, and that was yeah. The Simpsons. And it was usually at least one hour. Sometimes it was two hours. And you just sit and rewatch. It was the same. I would do that. The, the shows that I watched super heavily in syndication was always The Simpsons and Seinfeld. Like those were the two big ones. Yeah. 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 So, that was the 90s. But the then, Simpsons and Seinfeld were the 90s. Yeah, along with Fuck all the music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the original airing of the episode, it finished 57th for that week, May 13th through the 19th of 1996, in all of the, the United States broadcasts. 57th. Right. It was viewed in approximately 7.5 million households. However, since then, it is considered one of the best Simpsons episodes ever. Like I, There was a whole list really? of different publications and... Um, to, um, you know, like YouTube videos and shit like that that rank yeah. Simpsons episodes, and this one was consistently in top fifteen, top ten. I don't think I ever saw it as a top one, but right. it's definitely it was like a top five, top ten episode of all time. It's and it's one just of the ones that of, always sticks in my head. Just out of curiosity, which one was what was one of the episodes that got to number one for the Simpsons? greatest episode like how i'm assuming it's from somewhere between season two and season five it would have to be um yeah. I, you know what quite frankly i'm not really sure because i never i just when i saw that this one was on there i didn't keep scrolling because i would bet i would bet that the great escape is one of them do you remember the episode that was based off the great escape was that the one where that was a it's one where maggie breaks out of the um the daycare right yep they put maggie into the daycare center and they they took so many pieces of classic movies and like from Hitchcock and Spielberg, and they took so many. It's nothing but but Easter eggs of classic movies over and over again. So well done, to the point where they literally gave Alfred Hitchcock a cameo. And I was like, "This is." I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a piece of. It's they were so good. They were so good back in the day. Well, so I found um, Variety here, and yeah. theirs doesn't have. It doesn't even in their top twenty-five. It doesn't even have. Well, what's number Palooza one? What, what what do they consider? Homer at the Bat. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's when, and again, it's one, one of the very early episodes. It's when they bring in yeah, all the major the, league baseball players. And yep, yep. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not seeing that on their list at all. We have another one here from Time Magazine, um, and this is their top ten. Uh, what was not, number one? Number one. What was is, number one on Time Magazine's uh, best Simpsons episode? Who can say? Marge versus the Monorail. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones are good. Is there a chance yeah, the track these... could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. <laughs> monorail. 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 Which is interesting. My, my now... favorite thing. Mono means one and rail means rail. And that sums up our <laughs> six-week course. <laughs> yeah. Did everything. My one was always... The one that I always quoted to people in school was... Um, and we're back with more of people who look like things. Oh, God. Always. I would do whenever I would be like, and we're back. Like, like if we were in a conversation and someone goes on a rabbit hole and they go, oh, anyway, so the bus timetable. And you go, and we're back with more of people who look like things. And they go, what the <laughs> fuck? And there'd be one random guy every once in a while that was like, Simpsons, deep cut, episode he would, 43. Yeah, he would actually get it. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a game rant uh, list here. Their number one is Homer's Enemy. That's Which one that? with uh, Frank Grimes, Grimey. Oh, Grimey. What about um, Moe's Tavern? Flaming Moe. Flaming Moe. Flaming, Flaming Moe. That episode was fantastic. And we have just fallen down the rabbit hole of just listing off Simpsons episodes. This is what's Well, up. that's history of rock. We've got to have pop culture bits. We're going to do it. We've got to do a deep dive on The Simpsons and on Seinfeld at some point. Yeah. Because it really well, no, is we did. about I mean, we did deep dive on Rockstar 101. Go check out yeah. Rockstar 101. That's yes. the old podcast we used to do. And I've, I stumbled into this on the same Game Rant um, list. The 22 short films about Springfield. Remember, that's the one that goes 
from scene oh. to scene, and it's all. And, and you want to talk about movie references? That's the one yeah. where Millhouse yeah. ends up at uh, the one dude shop that's missing the arm, and yeah. they like they they um, it's all parodying uh, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember Brian. that now. Goddamn that was Brian. when Pulp Fiction was the biggest thing in the world, and they just they were they were so okay. We're gonna keep going, but they were so good. We'll do a yeah, whole episode. March versus anyway. the Monorail comes up. Entertainment Weekly has that as their number one. Cape Fear has yeah. it as number two. I think this is Cape the same one. Um, I think this is the same one that mentioned I had seen before, where Entertainment Weekly had Homer Palooza listed as one of their top episodes. Mister Plow, that's another big one. Mr. Plow. Mr. That's Plow. my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. Um, sorry. My, my favorite one was um, baby on board something something. Baby hey, on this thing board. writes itself. How are you door? Yeah, I'm not seeing it on these list. It should be. That's we bullshit. should probably wrap it up now. So yeah, we've got everybody. Hey, all right. My son just walked in, which is my cue to wrap it up. All right Come then, Mike. Are you gonna, is he going to say hi in the podcast? No, I'm going to give him a cuddle. Right? Come so for anybody who's uh, listening on Apple or, or Google, Shim has now left the screen so he can hug his child. Okay. He's trying to portray himself as a good father. Okay, come here. Yeah. All right, go, okay, ahead, and tell tell him. Story. go ahead and tell him. Mommy, mommy printed out what? What, did, what, did, what happened? Um, I, mommy printed out three... Sonics. Yeah, three Sonics. And then one shadow. And are you going to call them in now? Mm-hmm. So you want to say hi to my friend Brandon? Hey, Max, what's up, buddy? Oh, he can't hear me. I'll be outside soon, okay? Can you close the door for me on your way out? Thank you. Good work, man. I was waiting All right. for this to be like, shut the fucking door. <laughs> shut the fucking door on your way out, God damn it! All right, yeah, we do have to And, um... Yeah, yeah. And also, I've been busting the pee. I always, you can see me doing the pee dance. Oh, but I start to sway a little bit more quickly. Does this mean that's, we're that's... not going to get an encore? We got to get an encore. No, we will. Get, we will. I'll pee and come back. So, I'll talk that being said, thank you very yeah. much. Thank you very much. Uh, go ahead and hit like and subscribe on the notification bell. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. Class dismissed. Oh, his headphones are off. He's going to go pee. See you in a minute in the encore. And we're back for the encore. How's everybody doing out there? The name's Brandon Coates. You're listening to the History of Rock podcast, the podcast that I've done by myself and Shimon Moore, former lead singer of Sick Puppies, the original lead singer of Sick Puppies. And uh, is Sick Puppies even a band anymore? I saw that Emma left to go. I think she joined um, Evanescence, actually. Uh, but yeah, so we were talking about The Simpsons. Apologize for the rambling there. If you guys like that, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. We really don't care. Um, no, I, 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 let me rephrase that. We care what you think. Um, like we don't care if you're critical of us. Like we would rather you, uh, give us a straight dirt there and let us know exactly what you think of us. Um, if you would, uh, if you would be so kind as well, if you're here tuning into this podcast, make sure you guys head on over to original gamer life on YouTube. That's essentially the company that I'm working for right now. We're putting up a bunch of clips. You got, uh, gaming news, gaming clips. There's a fucking hilarious clip. This was done. I'm trying to think of when we're recording this and when this is going to air. I think it was a, it would be about a month ago. And it was us playing Phasmophobia. And Shim doesn't quite know all the buttons yet. And I shut a gate on him knowing he can't open the door. And so he's essentially trapped inside with the ghost. He didn't take too kindly to it. So you guys can go check out that video. Shim does play. Again, this is a month in advance. Uh, so I'm not sure if the schedule is going to be the same where he and I are playing games on Thursday nights. Although it's technically, I guess, Friday morning for him. Um, and this is what makes scheduling this stuff so goddamn difficult because the time change is just brutal. I mean, it's uh, I'm recording this. It's 8.15 at night, and it is... It's just afternoon there right now, right? Uh, it just went to quarter past 12. Yeah. It's difficult I was explaining, like I was explaining we... um, yeah. how eventually, like when this finally airs, it's going to be like a month from when we recorded it because I've had that yeah. my vacation coming up and stuff. And then I was talking about the, the time change and how that's just a bitch because we go kind of from eight hour difference where I'm, I mean, technically you're way ahead, but the easier way to look at it is I'm eight hours ahead of you. It's noon there. It's 8 PM here. And then that randomly changes to six hours like that. during daylight saving. Yeah. 
We might get rid of daylight saving here in the States, by the way. Really? Is that for real? I heard rumors that things are in the works where they could potentially get rid of it. We don't fucking need it anymore. Everybody says it was started for farmers. I believe it was actually started for World War II. Well, we're about to enter World War III. Yeah, we've been saying that for years, baby. No, I only feel bad because when we start recording first thing in the morning, I'm, I'm still yawning. I'm still trying to fucking wake up and I can be on. But every once in a while, when you talk, and I'm bored out of my mind with the shit that you say. I just on you camera. See, it's not a hey, good look. Look, buddy, you can see me yawn when I'm talking. So that's nothing uh, uh, against uh, you right there. Because right. apparently I even bore myself. Yes. <laughs> it's not it's where the gray comes from. That's how the fuck so we else? do it here, right, mate? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's good talking Simpsons, though. We got to start planning some future episodes, though. Do we want to go straight into Woodstock? Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Because and by Woodstock, the time uh, by the time this airs, like I believe, if I look at the schedule, I think. Let me check my calendar here, mate. I think this will be July Fourth, Independence Day. Oh, perfect. Um, so that's about a month away from when we're recording it, because today is June sixth. Um, so yeah, so we've got Jane's Addiction Part 1 dropped this morning. Jane's Addiction Part 2, Lollapalooza, Lollapalooza. Yeah, Lollapalooza will be on uh, July 4th, actually. So at that point, we will probably have already had at least one episode of our special edition um, songwriting episodes. Hopefully. Mm. Should be about 20 minutes. I, gr- I love that you're eating right now. That's great. I was you never have that thing... I you eat, um, one of your glands gets pinched. <laughs> like you're so hungry that your your mouth actually goes, "Give me food, give me food," and it's like there's a little receptor here that kind of picks up and then it pinches sometimes if you're not no. ready. No, no, just me. Yeah. Oh, I was in the hospital last weekend. Did I tell you that? Why? No. Um, I, it was apparently a very, very, very bad bout of gastritis so much fun just being doubled over in pain for hours on end gastritis what does that mean like gas that's or basi- like you had no, a gastritis it's basically like my stomach acid has completely uh, eroded the interior of my stomach so now it's just burning away the lining of my stomach it's so much fun it's amazing how strong stomachs are. You know, this, the lining of your stomach, you can't actually cut it with a knife and even scalpels. Like, you have to have a really razor-sharp scalpel. Like, it's so tough. Well, and that's the that one thing that the, the doctor told me. He was like, look, he's like, the, the he kept lining it to my diet where in the back, I, we went at like 2 a.m. Like, I just, I woke up in excruciating fucking pain uh, that night and I was like, fuck this. And, and I was like, I finally got to the point after like an hour of just misery. I told my wife, we got to go to the hospital. So we did. Yeah. And then the doctor was like, eat spicy foods. And I was like, like kind of like not as much as I used to sure as shit. And I actually eat really fucking healthy. I think a lot of it's more stress. Um, or just, I, I'm not anxiety, quite frankly, is really what it is. Not yeah. stress. Cause I'm not stressed yeah. out about anything. I got a vacation to Hawaii coming up. When this finally airs, we've already been to Hawaii and you see me with a nice fucking tan and everything. Um, yeah. but so he was like, you know, cause your stomach, it's, it's really like, if you were to stick your hand in your stomach, the acid would just, it would eat away all your skin. Like that's how brutal that stomach acid is. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. and what's happened right now, what's going on in your stomach is that lining and the mucus and everything that protects your stomach. It's fucking gone. So right. right now that acid is eating your stomach and it's Jesus. like awesome. So it's been nothing but like, oh, and you got to go to the bland diet, like eating bananas all the time. And the brat right. diet was bananas, rice. Oh, what are the other two? Damn it. I could have sworn one was bread. Brat. Brat or brat? Brat. B-R-A-T. Brat diet. Um, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Wow. I don't that do that sucks. specifically, though. No, I eat more than that. I'm not a pussy. How long do you got to keep that up for? I'm a pussy. What? <laughs> um, How long do you got to keep it up for? I mean, it was really like, so essentially it was basically make sure that I'm taking a meprazole that lowers the stomach acid. Um, and then I'm taking like a probiotic. Um, apple cider vinegar helps because that helps balance your stomach out a little bit. Um, I'm taking a ton of shit to kind of lower my anxiety because that fucking sucks. Um, and then it's like two weeks, hopefully everything will kind of balance itself back out. And then I can Mm. not necessarily, you know, I can't go back to doing what I was doing, 
But I wasn't even doing anything all that fucking bad. Like it's not like I was putting hot sauce on everything. It's not that I put salsa. It probably on is this. It probably is the anxiety, man. Your body receives anxiety the same as stress. So if what? you're constantly under stress, and that's, then but see, and you're that's gonna the, have those manifestations. That's the one thing um, that I was talking to the doctor about where um, because I was also having chest pains that night as well, which is just the telltale sign of fucking anxiety. And so yeah. When I was talking to him about that, he I'd mentioned I was like, because my anxiety's been really bad, but I felt like I have it under control. Like it's not as much in my head anymore. I'm not constantly worrying about things that are never going to fucking happen. And and it's it, it wasn't as bad up here, but the doctor was like, it's probably because it's now passed to your stomach, and your stomach is what's physically manifesting with the anxiety, which is why you're dealing with this shit. And it fucking sucks. I don't like it. Mental yeah, health, much folks, better. Mental health. Better, better that you can't sleep and your brain keeps you up all night thinking about the worst outcome. But at least you can eat hot dogs and fucking wings with hot sauce. Yeah, with hot sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so that was fun. How did we get on that? Sorry, oh, you're man. talking about you're talking about the pinching your neck. Yeah, yeah, it happened again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I took a rabbit we hole down that gut. one. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody, if you guys want to help, uh, oh, here you go. Check out this plug. Are you ready? If you guys would like to help me with my anxiety and help lower my anxiety, make sure you guys go to vivalamoca.com and purchase our merchandise. <laughs> here you go. We have stickers. All money goes towards, all, all the money goes towards anxiety Brandon's medication for Brandon. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. It's actually just going to go towards more stuff because the things that Shim and I have talked about. So by the like, I have this big thick stack of stickers right here. I'm hoping that these are gone in a month. I'm going to hand them off to some friends and stuff when we go uh, to Hawaii because I'm going to be meet my mom and my sister there, and then I'll hopefully have the t-shirts and stuff that we can we can ship off to them back to Portland because then we have some other t-shirts in mind. I had some other notes. I'm not going to go flip through my notebook now, but there were some other notes. Like one was like, "Where's your flannel?" Or something like that when we were talking about the early stages of grunge and how that was a total marketing thing was the flannel thing. Um, shit. What were the other ones? We wanted to do a shave and a haircut with mm -hmm. Judge Doom. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a t-shirt? Yeah, we're also going to do a song. Yeah. I still think that one yeah. needs to be to Jeremy. That's a good a idea. shave and a haircut today. Or, uh, no, it'd be uh, two bits, not today. I thought it was shave and a haircut or two. No, it's a shave and a haircut, two bits. Two bits, okay. But then you have to and do... And then at the end, we have to... And then we have to say, go fuck your mother, asshole. Yeah. Tringa to Madre. What oh. There's people right now that speak Spanish. They're like, dude, you're cursing at all of us. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like I told you, when I played that for my wife at that one party, she was like, yeah. mute it. Mute. Like when you get to... You're saying, chinga tu madre, cabrón. She's like, mute that. Because we don't need that playing at a party, like out loud for people. Right. So, because to me, I love that. Because you, you know that, like, if you say that on the radio, like, there was nothing wrong with that. If I were to say, of "Go course. fuck your mom, asshole," yeah, that's a yeah, problem. Yeah. But if it's in Spanish, yeah. perfectly fucking fine. Yeah, yeah. So this is a really long encore. Yeah. Damn, dude, this episode's gonna be almost an hour. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's Lollapalooza for you. Holy shit. Yeah, that's all right. All right, I should probably. You can't win them all, guys. You can't win them all. Not every encore is going to be as good as the last. I, the, it's was just it not going to happen. That, oh, was, no, it was the first one was Lollapalooza. It really picked yeah. up. I enjoyed it. It really picked up. Yeah. Yeah. So we should probably wrap this, though, buddy. All right. So uh, yeah, say goodbye probably, to the encore. We should probably cut it a little bit before when we're wrapping it up. We should just be like, as soon as, just go back to where it starts to get boring and then cut it. <laughs> no, we leave the whole thing in. No, that's what she said. See? now all right say goodbye to but this me. is what we actually this is this is like this is half like what we talk about like if you and i are off camera like when we're doing rock rock star 101 when we're doing the podcast when we're doing the podcast we're on we're up when we talk normally it's very it's chill and this is about halfway yeah but it's, i know i, think it, I don't think it's halfway i think it's even down even more because it's it's later here and i'm getting tired like i can feel it like you know how in the yeah. beginning you're like you were like uh, you know i'm yawning it's not because you're necessarily like it's because you woke up it's still early in the morning yeah. there where for me yeah, it's like no I'm one cares to... that it's like eight o'clock in the morning for me and like just do the podcast shut up i used to do a show <laughs> at 5 a.m don't tell me about eight o'clock in the morning yeah aren't you happier you must be so much happier now in your life yeah oh man <laughs> 
That's and why the, I'm surprised that you have anxiety. Like, what the fuck do you have to be anxious about now? It's well, okay. So your life is awesome. Well, see, that's the thing is that it, it's not necessarily like when I have been hospitalized for it and stuff. It's not an anxiety attack. It's a panic attack because I'm not anxious about anything. It's just the way my brain is wired. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's just th- there's not anything in particular that's causing it. It's not like, oh, my God, what about this? Oh, my God, what about that? It's just it's the way that my my brain and body are wired together. And it's something that I've fucking dealt with my entire adult life. It's why I me- try to meditate as much as I do because it's the one thing right. that I've found that can really balance it without being addicted – or not addicted, but even just on medication. When do you smoke weed? Eh, I've heard weed can help with that. It can cause more anxiety. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Like I've tried like so here in Texas we have Delta eight, which is essentially like like C B D is legal here, but marijuana with THC is not. So you can get a CBD product. That does help with anxiety, just straight up C B D, but there's Delta Eight, right. which is a modified strain that has the effects of THC. And I've bought that and sometimes it works, but there's other times where I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> like what Yeah, I can't imagine greening out when you're when you're already suffering from anxiety. That yeah. would be the worst. I get I can't smoke weed because I get I just get so anxious and paranoid. I, I'm not an anxious guy most of the time. If something's wrong or if there is something like in the future that's like, damn, if that happens, it really is gonna be a problem, then I'll start to get anxious. But most of the time now, especially since I stopped one, once I wasn't in, I used to get anxious a lot with the band. Now, not so much. Um, but I've restructured my life. If I smoke weed, everything's a problem. <laughs> everything's a problem. Yeah. See, I don't like that's, and that's nothing I think I really need to be adding to my, to my issues yeah. right now. Because the other thing too, is a lot of it loops back to depression. That's another fucking issue that I've had that you got to deal with it. It's all fucking mm. tied together. Like, yeah. Like yeah. those days where like, I'm not getting the fuck up. I'm not going to do anything. You're just, it's, it's depression or you just, you don't find joy in the things that you used to find fucking joy in and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's a vicious fucking spiral, mate. Mm. I don't know how to fuck you deal with it there, but that's the way that mm. I always described it. I think I described this in one of my podcasts one time is that the way that I described depression is that you see a giant boulder sitting in front of you. And as you see it, you're thinking to yourself, there's no fucking way I can push this thing. Like I need to move this giant fucking boulder out of the way so I can get my day going. And it's just, it's too goddamn big. There's not a chance in hell that I can do it. When in reality, if you were to take a step out and look at that from the side, that boulder's actually on a ledge. And all you got to do is nudge it, and then that boulder's out of the way. That's the way that I look at depression is that if you – and now that's for me personally. I'm not a doctor. I can't say what it's like for anybody else. But if you're able to at least get that nudge, that – pun intended gets the ball rolling so that you can right, start right. you know sort of move out of it now granted there's people yeah. out there suffering with way worse shit than me so mm. don't take my advice mm. <laughs> all right we got deep on this encore yeah that happens go. all right all right let's wrap it up all right all right all right yeah we're one hour exactly now so this will be a special well, perfect, edition perfect. oh and uh hey for anybody tuning in happy independence day here in the united states shim didn't want to hear it that's why we stopped it right in the Sir, middle I, of so it's just like we've, we've passed the point of no return i was fucking done with it that might yeah recording stopped Oh, my wife's working. It doesn't do that on my other Zoom meetings. It only does that for you. It just wants to let you know when I'm paying attention and when I've stopped caring. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) Recording stopped. All right, man. Yeah. Um, All right. So I'll be in touch later this week, maybe just to to chime in if we can. If not, not the end of the world. Although we could probably talk next week while I'm in Hawaii because I'll be closer to your time zone. Um, yeah, but you'll also be on holiday, so maybe you should just enjoy the time with your wife and kid. Well, we can chat for twenty fucking minutes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Jesus I'm down. Christ. I'm down. I'm just saying. Don't and shit, even get at that point, mind. I think I think that it would be like uh, like my mom and sister. They'd probably want to say hi to you. I don't think I don't think you've ever actually Excellent. spoken with them, have you? Nope. Never you can met sing them yet. white balloons for my sister live. That's right. That's Remember right. that was one that. of the first thing. Like the day I met you was I was like, I hey, white balloons that, was a big fucking song for my family. I was and Jim played it. Yeah. I was listening to Tripolar yesterday for the first time in about a year, year and a half. Well, that's a good record. <laughs> <laughs> like, I never listen to my stuff. It's a good no, fucking record. To, I'm like, yeah, Connect like the whole sucks. record. Like, dressed up as life, dressed up as life was good. Tripolar was really good, and Connect was half good. But I'm like, but Tripolar was good. 
I listened to yeah. it. Like, I understand why. I literally was listening to it going, oh, that's another good song. Oh, I understand why people made a big deal about this for a minute. It's a good little, it's a good record. No, I mean, you look at like, uh, um, God, that had White Balloons. It had Odd One going down. It had like, all the main look, look songs. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, you had, it went from War to I Hate You to Riptide to You're Going Down, Odd One, So What I Lied. So what I lied. You going to sing it for me? Survive. Should have known better. Maybe. God, I still remember hearing maybe when I was in uh, Walmart. Mm. Uh, Don't Walk Away, Master of the Universe, In It for Life. And then, of course, uh, White Balloons. That was the big one. Yeah, that's a good record. Good songs. Good songs, Mike. Um, Oh, and then Polar Opposite, too. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. Hey, let me ask you a question. We had had the run. Let me ask you a question. We have to do the run. Yeah. What what, what happened? What happened? Fuck off. I knew it. I knew it was What coming. happened? What happened to you, man? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you. You want to know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. A hundred bad guys, we swords. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know, like this is what, how we'll wrap up the encore, is that so anybody who doesn't know exactly what Shim is talking about right there is that when Shim first started playing video games with us, we played Halo. And you obviously have the energy sword in Halo. And I think it was my buddy Frank was the first one that really did it, where he just... They were like, oh, they've got the sword. And Frank immediately went to Aladdin of 100 bad guys with swords. And then it just fucking, it was an earworm. And it just stuck in everybody's head. And it especially got stuck in Shim's head as well. Yeah. Love you guys. All right. Say goodbye, everybody. Love you, brother. I'll talk goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 